Today on the Efficient Victory Show, I have Mitch Moore, who's a young man, who's a financial advisor, has a great Twitter profile, very curious guy that wants to learn how to serve his clients better, guided by his faith and also his commitment to fitness. He's doing really good things in his 20s, and I'm glad you're here to give it a listen. Your life is an opportunity. We live deliberately, relentlessly pursuing our goals. We don't settle for mediocrity. We aspire to greatness. We are mindful of the process, but we demand results. We embrace our role as leaders, and we lead by example. There is no finish line. We are leveling up every day until the end. We will win together. Welcome to the Efficient Victory Show. Today, I am psyched to have Money Mitch Moore on today. And Money Mitch is a 26-year-old financial planner who I met on Twitter. Looks like a great young man who's really dedicated to learning his craft because we spoke about real estate and finances and all sorts of things for a long time. I thought he'd make a great guest for the show. So Mitch, thanks for coming on Efficient Victory. What is going on today? Yeah, I'm excited to be here, man. I appreciate the opportunity to, to do this. Let's do it. Yeah, so uh, I've been checking out a lot of your socials and uh, reading your Twitter threads, and I spent a lot of time on Instagram, and you're a well-rounded young man, which uh, is inspiring. Incredible fitness level, looks like you started a nice marriage, do a lot of travel, and we're going to get into all that, but I wanted to hit some of the money stuff first, because uh, that's what I like to talk about. So what got you into financial planning? Why did you choose that career path? Yeah, it's, it's kind of a, a journey that had a lot of twists and turns in it. Kind of how I landed on financial planning, I'll start back at, you know, all the way with in high school, what I wanted to do. So when I was thinking about my future, like, what do I want to do? You know, I thought about being a personal trainer. And this was before I was on Twitter. It was just because I love to lift weights. And I was like, cool. So, you know, I'll be able to lift weights and make money doing that. Um, and then I was like, no, nah, they don't make enough money. So, um, so as I, you know, was ready to go to college, I was like, well, what am I going to, what am I going to do? What am I going to study? I have no idea, you know, like most 18 year olds. So I was like, well, you know, everybody is in business in some form or fashion, whether they realize it or not, you know, if they're working within a business, they're a business owner, you know, everybody is in business to make money. And, uh, I asked myself the question, you know, what area of business would be hardest to learn? outside of school. And my answer at the time was finance. So I was like, all right, I'm going to do finance. And uh, it wasn't actually until my junior year of college that I discovered financial planning. You know, I had a great professor that taught a tax planning course. And, uh, you know, when most people hear that, it's like, oh gosh, you know, they dread taxes. They, they want to stab their eyeballs out. But uh, it really interested me. And it really opened my eyes up to how personal finance is a puzzle, you know, a puzzle that all fits together, you know, whether it's investing, taxes, you know, just planning for goals, investing in real estate, you know, budgeting, you know, credit, whatever it is, like all of these different areas fit together uh, to create, you know, your financial life. And, and uh, after discovering that, man, I was like, this is, a, this is what I want to do because it blends my passion for multiple things. I, I had skill in the area of finance and numbers specifically, but I also got the fulfillment of working with clients one-on-one -on -one and seeing the impact that I could have in their lives. And so, you know, I went all in, I was like, this, this is what I want to do. And I started networking with financial planners outside of uh, college. I went to, or after college, went to work for Charles Schwab. And I always knew in the back of my mind that starting my own business was just a matter of when, not if. And so I decided to 
jump off the cliff really before I was ready when I, <laughs> when I was just a couple of years out of school. And, you know, you learn the best through personal experience and taking action. So I did that. And here I am today. God, God brought me through. You made a lot of great points there. I mean, I often tell people I didn't get into real estate because I love houses and I love siding and I love roofs. You know, you kind of got to follow the money a little bit and blend it where you're going to find the fulfillment. I like money. Real estate was just the, the vehicle to finding it. But yeah, I've seen um, fitness is a hard business. My wife is, uh, is a bodybuilder and we've looked into it. It's a hard way to make money. It's basically winner take all. The top 1% get it all. And then the other 99% of gym owners seem to struggle. But everyone's sure. in business to make money. That is a great point. But uh, you studied finance in college. Was the financial education in college valuable aside from that one professor? Or was it mostly, did you do a lot of like research and reading outside of school to get your ideas? Oh, absolutely. I mean, college introduced me to what I wanted to do, but my personal uh, pursuit for education is what has really taught me how to do what I do now. Um, you know, throughout college, it was really, yeah, there was a couple valuable courses, but mostly it was focused on teaching you corporate finance and getting you to be a cog in the machine. You know, that's basically what college is. I call college indoctrination. <laughs> uh, camps basically <laughs> into, into the corporate life. Um, I agree with you. you know, it, it's a funny concept that when I took business in college and I was trying to learn business from teachers, that doesn't make any sense to me. I want to learn 100%. business from business, right? 100%. Yeah. All of my professors were tenured professors who'd been just teaching for years and you know, all outdated material and whatnot. So it helped me discover what I wanted to do and, you know, ultimately got me on the path to where I'm in am now. So I'm thankful for the experience, but, um, most of what I have learned and, and put to use today is learned through my personal experience and just through consuming content, people, you know, on Twitter, listening to podcasts, reading books, you know, just having these conversations. Um, that is how I've, you know, gained my expertise so far. Yeah, that's that's something else I wanted to ask you because I'm 43, so I know the finance guys that I admire. I, I love Warren Buffett and I like reading the Berkshire Hathaway letters. And, you know, younger guys I notice are more up on crypto and I look into it. I don't understand it as well. Do you have a couple of people that you look to? Maybe they wrote good books or that on Twitter even that um, that you've aligned with or like can admire and, and take after them? What are some of the things you look to learn from? Books are where it first started for me, um, just in my personal development journey in general, and then also for finance specifically. So a catalyst that got me into my personal development was my parents got divorced when I was in high school. And it really forced me to become the man of the house, mature much sooner than most other kids. And, um, you know, instead of going off on another path to destroy my life, <laughs> you know, I chose to, you know, I had the realization and, and I credit it to God because I, nobody told me this, but I just realized that I was only in control of me and I had to, and I was going to do that, whatever, do whatever it took to make sure that that didn't happen to my future family. And uh, so I started with reading books and um, at 19, I read Money Master the Game is uh, authored by Tony Robbins and Peter Malouk. Tony Robbins, I'm sure most people have heard of, you know, big, uh, you know, personal development speaker and, you know, much more uh, business guy and whatnot. But he wrote it with Peter Malouk, who's not um, as well known, but he owns one of the largest uh, investment advisory firms in the country. And uh, so it kind of introduced me to financial planning, fi just the financial 
industry and how it works, you know, with, okay, there's investment banking and Wall Street, there's certain types of financial advisors that sell products and, you know, make money on commissions. And then there's fee only advisors with like myself, where people just pay me for my advice. That's it. I don't make money in any other ways. And um, so that was one that got me, you know, started in the finance realm. And, and I continue to read, consume his content, Peter Malouk, and, and they wrote more books together in the future. Um, so I would definitely recommend that book to everybody um, for sure. And then other books that I've read that have really helped uh, give me a foundation of financial knowledge is one, uh, is I Will Teach You to Be Rich by Ramit uh, Sethi. Um, it's very just straightforward. It's I think it's the most tactical uh, personal finance book out there. Most of them are just kind of high level stuff, but his is uh, very like, here's bank accounts to open, you know, how to structure your spending, you know, all this stuff. So it's very uh, practical. And, and that's one that's also really helped me. But that's awesome. I'm glad. Well, the first thing I want to highlight is you use the divorce of your parents as motivation to change where a lot of people use that as an excuse. And that is such like a key turning point of your life. You can go in two directions. You can decide that this is what's going to hold me down or this is what's going to light my fire to learn. And that's what I want people to take away from my episodes. It's like that key moment changes everything. But I have to mention just because people that know me know I love to harp on the Ramazzetti book. It's, um, <laughs> I don't like it. And it's funny because I don't well, like it. Let's talk about it. Yeah. 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 No, for me, I think he's selling, you know, live your rich life is one of his things by spending all you want in one category and then not spending in another category. And I think a lot of people take away from that book, like, I can spend recklessly over here, whereas it's actually part of a bigger thing that I look at. Like on Twitter, and especially with young people, there is an overwhelming sentiment that you can't save your way to wealth. And I disagree. I think if you are a good investor and you save aggressively when you're young and you invest all of it, you might end up like where I am at 43, because that's how I did it. I mean, I live so far below my means. I remember I used to live in a $900 apartment in a five family I owned and I had the worst apartment and it was vacant. It was $600. So I showed the vacant apartment. The people didn't like it. I was like, you know what? Wait a minute. Come look at my apartment. They liked mine. I moved into the $600 one. <laughs> so it's like, I did save my way to wealth, but I get it. I get it. But um, I think maybe uh, where that may get out of context is uh, people think that they can just put money in a savings account and that is going to build wealth. Um, you know, in what you just demonstrated there is no, I took that savings that I, you know, lived below, well below my means, you know, got some money in the bank. And then I took that and used and bought assets with it that were going to appreciate over time, you know, in value. And, and that's where it's like, okay, that, you know, that's where you're going to start building wealth. It's when you take cash, which is I mean, depreciating asset in our financial system, and you use it to buy assets that are going to go up in value over time. You know, that's where the, the switch is flipped um, to where you're actually, you know, your wealth is going to be growing over time instead of diminishing as the government continues to print more. <laughs> yeah, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm going to take a different look at them because if someone like you got a lot out of the book, there's something there. I'm missing it. You know, <laughs> I miss a lot of stuff and then I come around later. So it's a, it's a good point. And the fact that you completely understand the, uh, the need for savings, but also getting it out of cash. I hold no cash. I hate cash. Um, I use lines of credit for all my liquidity and stuff. So the fact that you, you get that solidly, someone's listening and is looking for a financial planner, look up, uh, money, Mitch on Twitter, 
But um, one thing I wanted to ask you, because I, I think it's just interesting, is uh, has your age been an issue getting clients to manage their money? Um, how do you handle that? Yeah, that's a great question and something that I really thought about when getting started. I would say it just all depends on how you frame it. So it could, yeah, be an issue, but it's also an advantage at the same time um, because it really in two ways. I can relate to the people that are in my season of life, you know, new business owners, newly married. Um, you know, we moved across the country. You know, you're trying to get an early start on growing your wealth so that by the time you're in your 40s, you know, it's more of you can work as you want to, when you want to, with the people you want to, and you're not forced to continue to work um, in ways that you don't want to. So it helps me relate to those people and get those clients. Um, but I, I recognized coming into this that I was not going to get the 50 year old guy who's approaching retirement, who's got $3 million, you know, in a portfolio and, and he's not going to come hire me. And so I marketed myself to the people that were going to relate to me and the people that I was going to be able to add the most value to. So in that way, it's been an advantage for me because People my age and people that look like me, you know, I don't look like a typical financial advisor. They don't want to go sit in an, in an office across from a guy in a suit and tie who talks over them and tells them things that they don't understand. And then they leave just feeling, you know, bewildered. They don't know what's going on with their own financial situation. They blindly trust this guy and he takes them for, you know, what they have. Our generation doesn't want to do that. And I recognize that and I use that to my advantage and how I put myself out there. Uh, you know, on Twitter and, you know, in real life. That's really smart positioning. I agree with everything that you're saying, you know, the things change and, and people are behind the times a little bit. So I think there is a big market of people looking for someone like you, who's not high pressure. I think on your website, it says uh, no suit, no sales, something like that. Only service. I love that yeah. motto. It makes a lot of sense. So tw has Twitter been a good source of leads? Are you finding people or how else do you uh, get clients? Absolutely. Twitter is the only platform that I market on. Um, you know, you, like you, you said before the podcast, took a look at my Instagram. Really, I just post some clips from our podcast on there and that's about it. Um, because I wanted to just focus on one platform that I could consistently execute on. And uh, instead of being spread too thin, uh, when I was starting out, you know, in my business, I just recognized that I cannot um, be just producing content all the time. I also have to be building my business systems and taking care of the clients that are coming on early, you know, in my business. And so I had a lot of things that I needed to focus on outside of just creating content. So I just picked one platform and uh, I had an existing network there, um, you know, on Twitter. I had friends who were, were business owners. Uh, who were marketing themselves on Twitter. And it just made sense for me to plug into that network and just continue to use that platform well, instead of, you know, focusing on so many different areas that I don't do anything well. So it's, um, it's worked well for me. I've, you know, I have 26 clients now managing $5 million. So it's worked well so far. <laughs> Awesome. That's awesome. Keep it up. Yeah. I think that's a smart strategy. Sometimes I find myself spreading myself too thin and trying to hit the different platforms, but I'm just trying to find my way right now. But um, what about personally, what do you like to invest in um, on your own account? Are you an index fund guy? Or? Yeah, I think that index funds are the foundation of everyone, uh, should be the foundation of everyone's uh, portfolio um, because you know we can take a passive approach. We can focus on the long term and uh, just allow compounding to do its thing. And we don't have to spend a lot of 
time, you know, actively researching stocks, trading in and out of things, you know, over the a long enough time horizon, typically people don't outperform the market anyways, when they're trying to actively trade. Um, so I'd rather just, you know, take the approach that is going to give me the highest probability of success. And I do the same for my clients. Um, you know, I'm not here to hit home runs. I'm here to hit base hits over 20, 30 years and, uh, you know, have a great career that way. So, I always tell people like, if you're trying to get rich quick, it's just the quickest way to lose money. <laughs> like You're going to lose money quick. And so that's not what I focus on myself. Um, and, and another thing is, you know, I tell all of my clients, like, I'm not going to invest you or do invest you in something or do something with your money that I haven't already done with my own. And uh, that was a big thing getting into crypto, you know, two, two years ago, that's what everybody was talking about. You know, Bitcoin was running, everyone's talking about crypto this, crypto that. And, um, you know, I went in with my own money first and, and, you know, figured out the landscape before I recommended anything to clients. Um, yeah, primarily index funds is what I focus on as the foundation. But as you accumulate more wealth, you can afford to take more risk, you know, with small percentages of your, your net worth or of your portfolio, however you want to look at it. Um, so then you can get into some other uh, assets. I think it's really important to be aligned. You know, you're, you're selling your own book and same thing. Like, I don't want any recommendations from someone unless they're in it, you know, tell me about what you're in. It's very important. So the Instagram is not a marketing tool, but I got to say, you look at your Instagram and it looks like you have a really nice life. I think you'd become more likable if you'd go jump on your Instagram. You know, <laughs> I see the fitness you were in. I think you were deadlifting over 600 pounds. That's pretty impressive. How did you, uh, how did you get so strong? <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, really lifting started for me um, as a way to get better at sports. And I started lifting 13 years old, eighth grade. I went to the school weights program to, you know, just improve and get better at sports. Baseball is my thing in, in high school and wanted to play in college. Didn't work out. Wasn't good enough, basically, <laughs> just to be completely honest. But, uh, you know, I worked hard at improving and it taught me a lot of lessons through that. So yeah, it's it's always been a passion of mine and something that, you know, has helped me develop myself, just the amount of self-confidence that I have, you know, when consistently hitting the gym and how I look, you know, how I act, how I approach everything else in life. Yeah. It's uh, it, and it's helped me relate to other people, you know, when typical finance person is, <laughs> I call them a dweeb, I call them, you know, typical finance people are dweebs. So me having these other, uh, you know, passions in life and, and things that I, I love to do helps me to relate and make friends and build community and all that stuff. So uh, just consistently showing up. That's how I got strong. <laughs> I'm glad you made the connection um, through how it improves the outside part of your life, because that's one point I try to hit hard on this show for anyone who might not lift is the connection between getting stronger and your mentality. And you went right there. Like, I'm sure it's improved your business, your relationships, your self-confidence, all of those things. 100%. I mean, when you can, when you can consistently show up to something over years, like then you can have that discipline transfer to other areas of life and consistently show up everywhere else. And there's just also, I mean, just, this is probably ego, but there's just something about looking in the mirror and liking what you see like when you have that self-confidence of just like damn i look good or you know just like you're you feel good about yourself you can approach everything else with a, a new level a new energy you know a new confidence um that you just don't you just can't get otherwise 
I mean, that's just, it is what it is. And, and people will respect you more when they see that you're fit, you're disciplined, you take care of yourself. The mirror is like a feedback loop. It's you look at it and it's proof that you did the thing and you did the thing most are unwilling to do or don't know how to do and you stuck with it. So every time you're getting a reminder that you are that person. And you're, what do you think it is about the guys who don't lift, they don't get it? Um, what, what do you tell someone if you would like them to? It's a very hard thing to do, but. Uh, if trying to get them to, to lift, yeah. I just try to encourage people to try it for themselves and see what happens. Like give it a few months and see what happens. Like I promise you, if the, if you do not see the changes that we're talking about, feel the, the level, you know, the confidence boost that we're mentioning and see it improve other areas of your life then stop doing it. But I promise you, if you do it consistently for six months, you know, especially being a new newbie to the gym, like you make gains pretty quickly. Um, so if you do it for six months consistently and it doesn't change your life and quit yeah, newbie, <laughs> newbie gains are the best. Whenever you're learning anything, you get those quick games. Same, same thing happens with your body. It's funny. I asked you an unanswerable question there because it's, we throw these ropes and we try to get people to grab them and you can't make them grab them. So you just gotta, yes. gotta tell them and hopefully they take it and they don't, well, someone else will take it. But so you made a big move from Indiana to Colorado. Uh, how has that been adjusting? Have you been able to ingrate yourself to the local community, make any friends locally, or is it mostly online relationships? Yeah, it's funny that you ask um, because most of my friendships have come from online, from social media, and you spread out all over the country. And uh, we had um, a good community in where we were from in Indianapolis, Indiana. Many people listening may follow uh, Zach Hummel on Twitter. Uh, he's got a decent following. It's that he's who got me into the Twitter game and on social media and, and uh, ultimately encouraged me to start my own business. But um, he lives there in Indianapolis, has his own gym, and he's big on community. Uh, so people would come in from all over the country, some people even outside the country, to lift at our gym and to just hang out with us in Indianapolis. So it was, it was uh, something very special, and we recognized that while we were there, and we knew that leaving that would be tough. Um, so yeah, as we've moved out here to Colorado, it's, um, we've had a mission, you know, to try to create that community ourselves here. And, um, you know, it's not something that's built overnight. So we're, uh, we're missing that community for sure, but we love being right next to the mountains. I mean, it's a special feeling to be able to look outside and see the mountains there. We're, we're big, uh, nature people. We love to, to get outside and just experience God's creation. So um, it's awesome to live here, but we're doing our best to make friends and reestablish that community that we had. And we're primarily doing doing that through getting involved in the local church. Uh, that's that's where we start. I mean, I've met all of my th friends through church or the gym. You know, they relate to that, whether that be online or in person. You know, those two things are important to them. And that's how I've made all my friends. So just going to go back to, to what I know. I think that's a great method, church in the gym, because you're you're deliberately associating with the right people, um, as opposed to meeting them at a bar or at a sporting event or something like that. You know, yeah. I think that's going to serve you really well. But it's really funny. You're the the second guest I've had under thirty years old, and they both raved about Zach Hamill. Um, the other <laughs> one was Tyler Bassetti, and I'm like, I yes. know who Zach Hamill is, and he looks super cool online. I I hope to meet him someday because he looks like he's influencing people very positively like really motivated young guys that end up talking with me here they both cite him so he's doing something right man so yeah Absolutely. running out of time here but i did want to touch on um your faith is such a big part of your life and uh can you just talk about where how that influences your business 
I would say. That's a good question. I've never been asked that in, in that way. Um, yeah, I would say the biggest thing, how it influences my business is how I treat others. Um, you know, I, you know, you, you said I got the motto on my website, no suit, no selling, only service. You know, I knew that my fulfillment and my purpose here on earth is through serving other people. And uh, I just take that mindset into my business, you know, every single day, if I serve these people, well, you know, they will tell other people and I'll get, you know, more business from that. And I just continue to serve the people who are trusting me. Well, I would say that's the biggest um, way that it impacts my business day to day, but ultimately it's what helped me take the leap to get into business in the first place. It's just having faith that I felt the pull on my heart when I was working, working a job, I hated it. It was draining me, you know, and I knew that I had to make a change and I just felt the, the pull in my heart to take the leap, you know, even though I, like I said before, I really jumped off the cliff and <laughs> figured it out on the way down, which is what I recommend for everybody. But there were times when I had paralyzing anxiety that stapled me to my couch. Um, you know, once I realized there's no paycheck coming in next Friday. Um, so just having the faith in a higher power that, you know, was working for me and um, that that's what got me into the business and that's what keeps me going every single day. So that was perfect. I just wanted people to, to hear you talk about your passion for serving others because I think it's so important and so authentic that I just I wanted you to end the show with that. But it's funny you mentioned the I always say you got to jump out of the plane and find the parachute on the way down. You, you just can't wait until everything's right. There's no perfect roadmap in life. You got to just take your compass and, and find the way. So Mitch, tell uh, tell the listeners where they can find you online. Yeah, so at Mitch D. Moore on Twitter, at Mitch D. Moore on Instagram. Um, my website is strongwealth.net. Uh, but Twitter is where I you know, do pretty much everything. I uh, also have the podcast with my brother, Super More Bros Podcast. You can find it on any platform. Uh, we just, you know, we'd love to, to chop it up similar to this, you know, allow guests to share their story and uh, also just help people in any way that we can along their journey. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on. You can find me at Jeffrey Higgins on Twitter, at Jeff Higg on Instagram, and we'll see you next time. Thank you, Mitch. Thanks for listening to Men's Victory Alliance. We need your help in spreading the light to other men who need it. Please leave a rating and review so we can grow and get the message out. Visit mensvictoryalliance.com and stay in touch by subscribing to the email list. You will receive a PDF written by Jeff Higgins for signing up. Follow us on socials and YouTube. We are always working on providing value to the man who is looking to level up and win.